On this week's podcast, we discuss a little bit of the Premier League as well as Fantasy Premier League and the Dead Ball Brothers' new FPL League. Yes. Very exciting. Very exciting. We also give a shout out to some uh, uh, listeners who gave a little bit of review love to us. And then, after the break, we talk about a little bit of true crime and apparently some good boys? Oh, there's a good boy. I, I, I love good boys. A good, good boy. I'm excited. Me too. <laughs> Buckle up. This is Dead Ball Brothers. Welcome to Dead Ball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy dose of stupidity. So much stupidity. More stupidity than you can possibly bear. But just enough. It's like a healthy dose of stupidity. That's what you already said, right? Like a little zest. Ah, uh, yeah, like like some lemon. Yeah, like, like you grate the lemon over top something that you you weren't sure it, it needed lemon, but that citrus really helps it out, like a like a salmon. Yeah, this is pretty stupid. Or a chicken. <laughs> it's that ideal little zing. Yeah. My name is Adam Whitaker Snavely. I'm everybody's least favorite athletic writer. With me, as always, is my real-life brother. Drew Snavely, the only Manchester United fan to be smart enough to realize that Paul Pogba is our only hope for this upcoming season. Bold. Yes. Bold statement. <laughs> How could you say something so bold yet so brave? Well, I'm an idiot, so... True that. I guess I can say whatever I want with, with confidence, knowing that whatever i say probably isn't true that's what people just going with it that's what the people like about the dead ball pod that we're we're, just kind of flying by the seat of our pants we're confident in our stupidity yes that is that is that is what we're giving out to the world (laughs) and speaking about what people like about the dead ball pod the old dead ball brothers we got some user reviews yeah very very generous people who felt like saying some nice words about us on on Apple podcast for real we we're gonna read off a couple um we're we're very thankful for for all you guys and all the kind words that you have poured into the review so far Ooh, poured into poured into i'm into it nice all right so uh 18 wood nc north carolina maybe who knows says great podcast five stars uh quotes everything is political Accredited to Snape, I mean Snavely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Uh, Tronius said, Deadball is pod. Apology for poor English. When were you when Deadball pod? I was sat at home, drink Mourinho juice on table when Weeby rang. <laughs> Deadball is pod. Yes. Forgive me, am referee. That is actually one of my friends and he can speak english well he's so. uh, in fact a native speaker a native english speaker yes. some might say yes <laughs> good andrew weeby reference though uh kaz t 1996 who follows me on twitter a bunch what's up kaz says history meets soccer indeed history or soccer plus history equals me being highly entertained Likeable45 says, Deadball Brothers is a great show highlighting great historic stories, soccer stories, with hilarious commentary. The Snaverly Brothers are enjoyable to listen to, and their soccer stories are A+. Snaverly. Thank you, Likeable45. Snaverly, close. Snaverly, if anybody cares. I know the telemarketers never did growing up. (laughs) 
It really... Man, it left can it. I talk to uh, Glenn Snavelli, please? Ooh, shouts out to Glenn. Shouts out to Glenn. Big Papa. Big big Papa Glenn Snave. Papa Snave. A likable 45 also left uh, a lot of helpful and valid criticisms of our podcast that it's just a lot to read. Uh, so if you want to read that, you can check that out on Apple Podcasts. But we still appreciate it. Thanks, man. It's going to make our podcast better. And finally, we've got Eric D. Wilkie saying, The podcast I didn't know I needed. Great stuff. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Eric. Very much appreciated. Thank you to everybody, seriously, for leaving reviews, giving us ratings. Um, it helps us a lot. It helps us get seen. Uh, we are obviously still a very new podcast. This is only episode six, which yeah. means when we finish this episode, we will have made it as far as that one uh, girl that the New York Times just profiled that said that she was waiting for her podcast to get all these sponsorship deals and they made six episodes recorded on an iPhone and the advice podcast, the advice podcast. That's what it was called. It was yes. a stunning takedown. Yes. I loved oh, it. Man. Uh, so anything obviously helps us get seen by more people, bumps us up a little bit in the, uh, the old algorithm. Uh, so yeah, we can't do this without you. Uh, we can't be seen by more people without you guys doing this. So super, super big help. Thank you very much. And if you leave a review, we will read it on the podcast. We are literally nothing without you guys. You guys are, are, are so awesome and just, we can't thank you enough for, for being with us on this journey. We're having a fun time, hoping that you guys are having a fun time too. Uh, and hoping that you guys stick around and continue listening to the Dead Ball Bros. Skirt. So with all that being said, Adam, um, the Premier League season is is right around the corner. About and a week, a week and a half, two a, weeks away. Yeah, two weeks away. About uh, two Fridays from now. Yeah. So it's it's coming around the corner. When she comes, <laughs> coming around the corner when she goes. Uh, I hate myself for saying that. <laughs> but anyways, we both love playing fantasy Premier League. We're super into it. So much so. So much so. That we created a new fantasy Premier League oh, league. Oh, yeah. For those of you who play fantasy Premier League. Basically, by the time this drops around Monday night, Tuesday morning, uh, we will have our fantasy Premier League league open. Uh, we are going to drop the code in our social media stuff, stuff like that. It's going to be called Dead Ball Bros Present WTFPL. Such a good title. I You I'm, did a good job with I'm that. I'm proud of it. Yeah, you Probably should be. unnecessarily so. Eh, no. It's it's fine. Hey, thank you, man. Just just take what just take the W while you can <laughs> take and the run. Compliment. Take the compliment. I will do. <laughs> um, we're going to be dropping the league code in that. Um, so anybody that wants to join, whether you listen to the podcast or not listen to the podcast, maybe if you didn't listen to the podcast before, you start listening to the podcast because of this. That'd be super dope. But anybody can join the league, and at the end of the season, whoever wins, that's not me or you because I am gunning for number one. But I'm not going to give myself. Number one in the field, number one in your hearts. Clear eyes, <laughs> hearts, can't lose. Uh, we are going to give away uh, some some swag, some stuff to the winner. Yeah, we haven't confirmed what we are going to give away. We have talked about some things. We've talked about some exciting things. Pretty nice. That we are going to reveal at a later date. Yes, just not right now because we actually haven't confirmed anything yet have so not we, confirmed we have don't not want, purchased we don't want to promise you guys anything and then follow 
not follow through on said promise. But also, it is a completely free-to-play game that you really are not, like, you know, it doesn't really do anything to you or hurt you in any way to join it. So, yeah, why don't you do that? It's similar to to fantasy football. Uh, that's an American football. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, they, Tell me more about this American football. For all I've never heard the term. For all of the American listeners out there uh, who are just getting into soccer, want to try their hand in in fantasy Premier League, uh, it's it's pretty. I mean, it's kind of similar in the fact that it's fantasy and you assemble a team yeah. of real life characters. It's like a it's like a real life people. The, uh, the kind of like everybody is a certain price, you have a certain amount of money to spend, and then you build a team from there. Um, and your team gets points. And your team gets points. And if you every, get the most points, you win. And Easy peasy. That's just how it is. That's just the way it goes. So that is going to be in the works, and we're excited about that. Uh, we'll be letting you guys know more about that soon. Um, any picks? Any Anybody you're excited for for the FPL season? I am very, very excited for Marcus Rashford <laughs> because he's my boy. Mm-hmm. But I'm also excited for Diego Jota, who wow. is a cut price forward, and he really turned it on at the end of last season, scoring a bunch of goals and assists, and I think that he'll have a fantastic year this year. And for 6.5, think you could definitely do worse for your money. That's pretty good. I'm shocked you didn't say Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Well, currently at 5.5. United has to figure out their their defense first. You got to you got to think he starts though. Oh, no, he's definitely he's definitely starting. Just like the def- the defense last year was terrible, you know. So I don't want to get into that defense until yeah. I know it's good. Elsewhere in the league, my dude Raul Jimenez. He's a, he's a guy. He's a guy. Still only 7.5. Yeah. Which is actually very surprising considering he was like the top rated forward slash like attacking player that wasn't in a like big six team. Yeah. He had a, an incredible first year in the Premier League last year and scored a bunch of goals. In another general, Another in- wolf. So we are, we are high on the, the wolves. Wolves are good. The wolves are good. They're, Nuno Espirito Santo. He knows what he's doing. He knows. He knows, and they know. And um, yeah, I think I think they will be good. It'll be interesting to see how they play with the addition of Euro- Europa League responsibilities. Yeah, Europe Europe tends to th- throw a wrench into things. But I think they're good Look enough at to. Burnley. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I said the other day the difference between Burnley and Wolves is that the Wolves are is that Wolves are actually good. The difference between Burnley and Wolves is that Burnley is managed by a can of tomato soup. <laughs> Shouts out Sean Dyche. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you excited about Christian Pulisic? You think there will be any value there? I'm for, terrified. No, for, I'm, for I'm scared. I'm not excited. I'm scared. I mean, right now, Christian Pulisic is selling at 7.5, which feels like it could be a pretty good deal. Like, depending on what he produces and how Chelsea do this year under uh, Frankie Lamps, I am not sure how he will do. I feel quite certain on one thing, and that is that Christian Pulisic will add to his collection of tattoos. Um, but I don't know how many goals in the sissy he's going to notch. O- over under on tattoos. 
added the next, for Christian Pulisic. Okay, well, I'm going to say that we're going to count next summer as well because generally people get tattoos during the break. So their body has time to heal. Yeah, so they're, so they're not missing out unless it's like John Brooks. Unless it's John Brooks. John Brooks did it like well, – missed, <laughs> missed like uh, two weeks of action like – a couple of years ago. Actually, this is like several years ago, probably like four or five years ago now, because he got like a big back piece done. His coach was pissed. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. He's got that giant eagle with the American flag wrapped around his Very shoulder. Very American. He's got the um, the tiger eyes on his forearm. Maybe that become, Maybe he can incorporate that into his goal celebration. He scores a goal. He runs over to the crowd and throws the forearm up. Oh, yeah. That would actually be pretty cool. Uh, Terrence Boyd used to do that. Oh. When he still scored goals, and he's not really doing that anymore. He's not. So he got released by Toronto FC. Oof, woof. You hate to see it. Yeah, but he had like a like this like Cyclops eye on his forearm that he would put. Oh, over. you know what? I think, I think I did see that a yeah. couple times. So yeah, uh, Christian Pulisic. I'm terrified to see how he does. Uh, it could be good. It could be bad. But um, I know that I am scared for the sake of the United States men's national team. Hope it's good. Hope it's very good, and that it's a good season for. Our boy Christian, straight out of Hershey. Straight out of Hershey. <laughs> straight out of Hershey. Uh, other teams I'm excited for, I'm excited to see what Southampton do with a full season under... Hassenhudel. Hassenhudel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he came in, he turned the boat around because they were uh, destined for relegation. Their second game was like beating Arsenal. Yeah. That, with him in charge. They that had was a couple of really big results with him and um, he kept them up, so... Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, completely different team with with him in charge also also I'm, I'm still interested in seeing Leicester uh I think Leicester have a really good young team but they also have Brendan Rodgers so yeah but he didn't do, do bad with him when he came in yeah that's true but he's just never won anything before in his life oh uh, he's he had what Liverpool yeah he had Liverpool with with the Stevie G slip. That was Brendan Rodgers. Yes, that <laughs> Brendan Rodgers managerial career, in a nutshell. Classic. Yeah, he won a bunch of stuff in Scotland. Yeah, of well, course. He was with he was he was coaching Celtic. Yeah, he's coaching Celtic, <laughs> and it's just Celtic and the Rangers, and that's it. And like those are the two teams. I know? would I would also argue that Leicester aren't necessarily expecting to win anything. They just like to meet qualifications. For Leicester, or as far as like what an upstanding job would be, probably this season would be finishing your European qualification spots. Yeah, make at least one decent run at a trophy, whether that's League Cup or FA Cup. Yeah, you have to, and really identify what your replacement for Jamie Vardy is going to be. Listen, the only thing that I want from Leicester this year is for them to give Manchester United Harry Maguire. That is that is the only thing. The only thing I want from Leicester this year is to see Gary Tielman's bowling out. Yeah, he's actually in the squad right now. I know. Yeah, he's got <laughs> he's got to be in your fantasy squad. Just an insider tip. We're not really insiders. We're not really insiders at all. <laughs> uh, but we did finish top 100 in the 900 person athletic FPL league last season, which so is good enough for something. like 400,000th place out of the. Six million people that are playing nonstop ball out of control. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right, you ready to talk about some crime? I'm ready to talk about some crime. All right, and thanks for sticking with us. And uh, some crime and oh, I was just gonna say and a good boy and a good boy. I'm so ready for it. Yeah, it's gonna be great. So stick with us, and we'll be right back.
we are back. Drew, you have told me vague descriptions of true crime and a good boy. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I wanted to give you some sort of idea, something to think about as we were recording the first part of the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. I didn't want to leave you completely in the dark. Just wanted to, I don't know, tingle the taste buds. Tingle your taste buds. Like a little, if you will. like a little lemon zest. Like a, oh <laughs> you grate onto a chicken. So stupid. <laughs> oh man, it's going so well. Yeah, this is our this is our crossover pod, if you will. Ooh. It's not really a crossover pod, <sighs> but this one's for the fans of Crime Junkie, Serial. If you're into true crime, this podcast is for you now. This, this is going to be exactly like those. Does Except mean, not. <laughs> do we, does that mean we have to speak in a really monotone voice? <laughs> no, and I didn't. I, w- I didn't really investigate anything. I feel like all those people, like, dig into to all these stories yeah, and making they, calls. Yeah, to, they make phone calls and like to police officers and and victims and families of victims and stuff. That's you talk to no victims. I didn't talk to any victims. True. Because the only victim of this story was the people. Was the people. <laughs> I don't know the story. I was going to say a trophy. <laughs> the only victim of this story is a trophy. Ooh. Also, if you're not into true crime, good news for you. There's also a good boy in this story. And it is somehow related to soccer. And it's still somehow related to soccer. So Hopefully you will find a reason to keep listening Hopefully along. you can <laughs> fall into one of those categories. If not, I guess you can just shut this off. Shut it off now, but still leave us a five-star review. Yes, I was just about to say that. So I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're all in the... Same page. Well, my meld. Yeah. Let's do it. We're diving in. Going deep. <laughs> Real deep. Shuts the team of great job. All right. So, 1929, there was a vote. FIFA had a vote okay. to create the World Cup. Right. Because it didn't exist It before, didn't exist previous to that. Yes. Which is why they created it. Okay. So, um, the president of FIFA at the time... Jules Rimet. Jules Rimet. Jules Rimet. (laughs) He's French. He was French. That's why we're doing this. He was very French. And so with the World Cup becoming a thing now, they needed to have a trophy for whoever won the World Cup. That that makes sense. Yes. That makes sense to you. All these things follow. They blend into each other. Yeah. So it was originally called Victory or the Victory Trophy. Oh, like, like that. Sylvester Stallone movie? Mm, I don't know. Escape to Victory with Pele in it? The one where he's a prisoner of war and they have to play a soccer game against Nazis? I don't think I saw that one. Oh, bro. We'll have to watch that. Oh, man. Let me tell you what. Sylvester Stallone is the, like, the, the one American in the movie. Michael Caine is in it. What? Yeah. Michael Caine, Pele, and Sylvester Stallone. What Sylvester Stallone doesn't know how to play soccer, but they make him a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's ridiculous. Well... <laughs> Maybe I'll watch that someday. We can make it a thing. We'll see. So for 16 years, the trophy was just the victory trophy or victory. And so it was, it depicted Nike, the goddess, of, the Greek goddess of victory. Oh. Not like a Nike swoosh. Not like you're, the shirt that you're currently wearing. Not like the shirt that I'm currently wearing, no. We stand for our corporate overlords. <laughs> Nike, if you would like to sponsor the pod, email at us at deadballpod at gmail.com. <laughs> so... 16 years, it's named Victory. In 1946, the trophy was renamed to Jules, the Jules Rimet Trophy. I gotta say, just naming the trophy Victory 
is pretty basic. Like yeah, and it's like get a little more creative. You got to give it a little zest. So they wanted to honor give it a little lemon. They wanted to honor the the president of FIFA at the time and the right. one who created the World Cup. And so they're like, Jules or May, this is your trophy now. I mean, it wasn't his trophy, but it's in honor of you. It's in honor of you, leader and creator of some of the most corrupt establishments that we love. Yes. Our problematic fave. <laughs> yes. So the trophy, as I said earlier, depicts Nike, the goddess of victory, and was made, there was a stone base, um, a, a semi-precious stone base, okay. and then gold-plated sterling, sterling silver. Right. So a little cheap. It was yeah. It was pretty cheap. It wasn't <laughs> that expensive, but it was like it a couple was, steps above a participation for trophy. Yeah, exactly. But it, I mean, it was still the World Cup trophy. So right. I mean, it's still super prestigious to have, but how, didn't how, have a ton of actual value. How big was it? It was only about a foot tall. Okay, so like so like the World Cup trophy is now. Yeah. It always it's it's always been really funny to me. This is a little aside. Yeah. Uh, it's always been really funny to me how like the World Cup is like this massive thing, I and mean, in in most ways it's like the biggest prize you can win in soccer as a team. Um, but like the trophy is so dinky, <laughs> and the trophy is the trophy is very very tiny. And then you go to like the Champions League, or it's massive, <laughs> or the Premier League. The Bundesliga has a friggin' shield yeah. that you win. It's called the Meisterschale. Yeah. Uh, MLS Cup even. MLS Cup looks dope. <laughs> yeah. I actually um, was thinking about the Women's World Cup trophy and how it's – I wish that was a little bit nicer, bigger looking, you know, because um, it's, pre- it's a pretty small thing. On the other hand, so is the men's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's like the same size. Yeah, that Maybe is that's true. why they did it. Maybe they just wanted the brand. Yeah, I don't know. Anywho, a fairly small, cheap trophy. Yes, and so the winners of the World Cup have always been able to keep the World Cup until the next World Cup rolls around. Gotcha. So it's usually whoever Soccer Association won yes. just won the, the World Cup. It's in their headquarters for the next four-ish years. Okay. So, like, for example, one time Italy won the World Cup in 1938, and so it was just in a bank in Rome ain't nobody getting this ain't nobody getting this well that was like kind of the thought but this is when like nazi germany was kind of yikes kind of becoming a thing and yeah. uh italy and germany were allies at the time mm-hmm. the axis allies yeah yes and so the bad guys the bad guys so a, a guy by the name of auto auto reno Baresi, he secretly shipped the trophy to his house to prevent Adolf Hitler from stealing the trophy. Because word on the street was that the Germans wanted the trophy because they were trying to host the next World Cup, and so they wanted to force FIFA's hand. That's funny. And so <laughs> this dude, he was he was the president of the Italian Soccer Associ- so- oh. Association. Oh, so it wasn't, it wasn't it was, just, okay. No, it wasn't just a random guy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I'm sorry if I... No, no, no. That I didn't make that clear. Yeah. It wasn't just some random dude that's like, yo, let's get this trophy shipped to my house. We got to protect it from Hitler. Yeah. And so he hid the trophy in a suitcase under his bed, and it was one of the (laughs) only places that the German soldiers did not look. Safe. And so... It's like like the opening scene from Inglorious Bastards, except it's all about a trophy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. 
so I mean, this trophy has has seen a few. It's been through a couple scrapes. It's been through a couple scrapes by the time we get to present day of this story, which is 1966. Ingerland. Because 1966, it came home. It it did. It came home. It came home. The only time it was home, in fact. The old, it's only been home one time. It's only been home one time. So 1966, <laughs> the World Cup's being held in England. Shouts out to Phil Neville. Shouts out <laughs> to, to Phil Neville. And so the Jules Rimet was normally on display in the headquarters for the Football Association, which is the English... Yes. The FA. Indubitably. So you'll hear me refer to the FA. It's Football Association. It's the English Soccer Association. Right, right, right. Because it's soccer. In case you haven't heard the term football before. And in case you haven't heard the term football before. That's my favorite bit, and I hope that we never stop doing it. Continue. So it was on display there, except for when a stamp company, random, <laughs> got permission to place the trophy in their personal exhibit. Why? I don't know. They just <laughs> put in a request, and the FA was just like, you know what, whatever. <laughs> Screw can, it. <laughs> you can, you guys can have it as long as it's well guarded. It's it's totally fine for for you guys to to have this trophy. What thought process goes behind? Yeah, these the stamp people are gonna like well protect the trophy that was sought after by Hitler. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wish that I could go back in time and ask the. The members of literally the FA anybody, at the time, literally anybody, to kind of get some sort of answer, but I couldn't find anything. So they were just like, "Yeah, you know what? Go take it. Like, let it be on display." That's exceedingly generous of them. So the Jules Rimet Trophy was moved to be on display at Westminster Central Hall, okay, which is a large multi-purpose venue in Westminster, London, right. which is in England. <laughs> for those of you who didn't know, oh my gosh, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> hmm, quite. So typically the venue was held, is held for conferences. There's an art gallery that's there. Mm-hmm. But for this story, the most important thing that happens in the Westminster, the Westminster Central Hall is a Methodist church that meets there every Sunday. Uh, and to be clear, this is not Westminster Abbey. Yes. Okay. Not so one. it's just a random church that meets there. Well, it's, it's a multi-purpose center. Where okay. they have, like I said, they have art gallery. They, there are like a ton of conference rooms, but a church happens to meet there on Sundays. Right, a Methodist church. Shouts out to the Methodists. Shouts out Methodist. Um, so the exhibit where the trophy was on display was guarded around the clock at like the FA wanted, okay. with the exception on Sunday mornings, when the rest of the building was on lockdown except for the church service. Oh dear. And so, for whatever reason, oh, man. people thought it was like a good idea to trust a bunch of Christians. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Literally, story of the world. Oh, Everybody man. thought it was a good idea to trust the Christians. Thankfully, it wasn't the Christians that stole the. All right, dope. it wasn't the church. Anybody from the church service that? Well, the thought is that it wasn't anybody from the church service. Okay. Because surprising, given the history of the world, but continue. Yes. Apparently, thieves don't care about the Lord's Day and keeping it holy. Whatever, Oof, you man. know. So, around noon on Sunday, March 20th, 1966, yes. guards stumbled upon what happened to look like a forced entry into the back of the building, as well as the display case that was holding the trophy. 
You hate to see it. <laughs> you hate to see it because the guards rushed to the trophy cabinet or the cabinet where the trophy was being held and the jewels Renee was gone. They stole the jewels. They stole the jewels. <laughs> okay. It's like I when I was researching the story, I just kept on thinking about like Pink Panther and Right. <laughs> and uh uh Nick Cage and uh National Treasure. It's like I'm gonna steal it. I'm gonna steal the Declaration gonna, of Independence. I'm steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> it's a map. I, so I'd like to picture the the thieves saying, "I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it. I'm gonna steal, steal the, the jewels from me. Trophy." But so this uh, obviously is a big deal, and you got to get police involved. Big investigation. Right. Scotland Yard was there. You know. Right, because because it was home. Because it was home. Yeah. So. Therefore, also in England, it made it much more important. Yes, exactly. It, I mean, it's embarrassing, like that. The uh, I actually read that Bra- the Brazilian FA released a statement saying how um, it was sacrilegious. Yes, for, for, for the English FA to lose the trophy. Get on Brazil, um, which Vamos is funny because this brasileiro. <laughs> this will. Uh, this will actually come back to bite Brazil in the butt, which is just in like the afternotes of the story. Oh, but like, no. okay. keep that in your back pocket. And so the only lead that Scotland Yard had was that there was a suspicious-looking man around the time that the trophy was stolen, average height, early thirties, with a th- with thin lips, greased black hair, and a possible scar on his face. So you're telling me that the possible thief was English. Like a stereotypical <laughs> Bond villain. Yeah. They really overdid it with the scar on the, the face. The scar on the face. Yeah, was thought... he also petting a cat at the time? <laughs> walking I, outside. I, I, yeah, you know, something, something doesn't seem right about this guy. Something doesn't add up here. <laughs> what should he be doing? <laughs> so three days after the theft, a mysterious package was delivered to the home of the FA chairman. So the police at this point still didn't have anything. Well, not anything. All yeah. their leads have, had had run dry. Um, they're just hoping for a miracle, basically. Right. In the package was the removable removable lining from the top of the trophy and a ransom for fifteen thousand pounds. Ooh. Which adjusted for inflation. I mean, I didn't adjust it for inflation, but obviously, it's probably a lot of money. That's a lot the, of money at yeah. the time. That's that's a lot of money. The funny thing about the fifteen thousand pound ransom was that when the thieves stole the trophy, there were multiple notes that were also in the case, the exhibit case notes. that were worth yeah, like uh, like money notes. Oh no! That were worth like three million pounds. That <laughs> oh they just left and they took the trophy that was only worth like. Three million dollars. <laughs> that was only worth like a few thousand. It, its actual value, the trophy, was only worth like three thousand pounds. Right, because its bottom is a rock. Yeah, like <laughs> it's not that expensive of a trophy, but because of the prestige and everything that goes with the right, yeah, the World I Cup. Mean, I mean, like it's the biggest sport in the world. It gives it some intrinsic value, obviously. Yeah. And so let this be a lesson to you, all of you out there that are potentially looking to burgle something that is of significant historical value. Always take like all the wrappings, everything that's in the case. Don't just take 
the thing itself. Yes. You got to get all the accoutrement around it, too. <laughs> oh, kudos. Ooh, nice. Nice. That's Jules Hermain. <laughs> Jules <laughs> So, anyways, a detective inspector by the name of Leonard Buggy was brought... <laughs> I know. Leonard Buggy. Leonard Buggy was brought to be the negotiator on behalf of Scotland Yard. Mm. So... They eventually got into contact with the person who left the the package at the right at the FA chairman's the person home who left the ransom and note. the ransom note, and so they got the guy to meet in a park. His name was Edward Betchley. <laughs> Like it's the like, most English name. It's like they put like a like a English name generator. Bitchley. Bitchley. Mm, um, yes, Edward Bitchley. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. They met Edward Bitchley, our guy Leonard Buggy. <laughs> Leonard Buggy, Scotland Yard. <laughs> In Battersea Park to to start the exchange. Right. Buggy had armed with him a briefcase. Filled with fake money, as like <laughs> fake ransom. Obviously, because you're not going to give this dude foolproof real plan. money. Yeah, can't see how like, this can go wrong. How can this go wrong? And so apparently he was convincing enough to to get Betchley to go into the vehicle with him to take him to where he was hiding the trophy. Right. So they never got there. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. <alert. laughs> okay. Well, what happened, Drew? <laughs> well, you see, Betchley saw that their vehicles following them Ugh. and it was actually a bunch of police vehicles <laughs> i mean like it wasn't actual police vehicles okay, but right, it was yeah, like yeah it was a bunch of policemen it in, was like, pretty yeah it was pretty cars. cars yeah it was like th- these are definitely police officers behind me and somebody a hardened criminal like edward betchley knows <laughs> why these people follow me in the middle of the night well apparently uh, they find out, later find out that he's like a petty thief and um, has like a criminal record and stuff. Well, ain't petty no more. Ain't petty. We trying to up that to grand larceny, baby. <laughs> well, he got spooked by the police, obviously. Yeah. So he rolled out of the car. He's just like, I'm jumping out. <laughs> nice. Jumped out. Respect. He, he started running. Okay. Only lasted like a couple minutes. Uh, yeah. So I'm like just picturing a really, I don't know, like he might have been thin. They never really said. I'm just thinking about an Englishman that had maybe one or too many pints every day. He's that, he's like, that type of, he's that type of thin that's also somehow fat. Yeah. Couldn't run very fast. Wasn't very evasive because police caught him pretty quickly. Uh, he got a, he didn't zigzag. <laughs> he didn't zigzag. <laughs> Obviously. But is he faster without the ball at his feet? <laughs> oh gosh. So Betchley denied that he actually stole the trophy and was just trying to make a quick buck from yeah from the theft. He's he's a pretty opportunistic guy, yeah. you know. And it was never actually proven that he took part in the theft, but he still spent 2 years in prison for intent to steal. That's what they that's what they charged him with, I guess. And so this is all just a few days after after the trophy was stolen, and right. the police are scrambling, trying to find so the trophy. Comes, I mean, the, got the their, World Cup is in a couple months. Yeah, and, they've got their guy. Yeah. But so they actually made, like, a replica trophy. That makes sense. Just in case. A little backup. Yeah. yeah. 
just in case they'd never ended up finding it. I hope it's kind of like a situation where they didn't tell anybody that it was a backup trophy. Like when like you're you break something in your house and you try to like before your like mom and dad come home you try to see if you could like replace it with something that looks similar so you don't <laughs> notice. I think this will work. I remember but when I'm I was not sure. when I was a super super little kid, I once for whatever reason started coloring the television screen with uh with a, like a black marker. Oh and yeah. I realized that I couldn't I was like, oh, I can't get it off and I was trying to like, scribble <laughs> it out and realizing it was making it worse. And so I was like, no. And then I turned the TV off and it all went black and it looked <laughs> fine. I was like, perfect. <laughs> They'll never know. They will never know. Spoiler alert. They found out. They... <laughs> Man. I mean, it seemed pretty fool- foolproof, but our parents are pretty smart. So. Yeah. Smarter than a four-year-old. Smarter than a four-year-old, I guess. So thank you for sharing that. that was, You're welcome. That was nice. That's a little personal anecdote for I the pro- listeners. I probably wasn't alive at that time. At the time of the story, you or were might have been a baby. either not alive or you were a very small infant, dumb, stupid infant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, seven days after the trophy was stolen, uh, this is where a very good boy oh, yes. comes in. Good boys to good the story. Boys. Let's go. Yeah. So, David Corbett and his dog Pickles. <laughs> Oh, it's too pure. Which is like oh, I love the it. cutest and greatest dog name. Pickles. I think that I have ever heard in my entire I life. I am, I am in love with Pickles. Pickles, man, he was a, a black and white collie dog. Oh, Pickles. So I mean, he he was as cute as can be. Freaking adorable. You know, just just a really good boy doing good boy stuff. <laughs> right. So they were they're on a walk. David Corbett and, and Pickles, they were, they were strolling along around the house um, when Pickles stumbles um, along a package. My dude Pickles. So there were, like, bushes around right. the house, and he there was just a package just tucked just underneath there. the bushes. Yeah, super random. So David goes and opens the package, and he could not believe his eyes. <laughs> Obviously. Because literally in his hands... he. Were, was the Jules Rimet trophy. Which, wah, 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 wah. I, like, David Corbett was apparently a big soccer guy. Love like, the football. He's like, can't believe his luck. He has the trophy. Like, run run into the house, kiss the wife, be like, babe, this is Jules Rimet trophy. And she's like, what? <laughs> you what, mate? You what, mate? <laughs> I like to imagine that he's just standing in his backyard practicing his trophy lift. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, he uh, he's like I, I literally cannot believe this. So he t- he takes the trophy to police, and it was eventually returned to the FA before the start of the World Cup, which is great. The police actually suspected David Corbett, right? For like, rightly obviously, so. you just you just turn in like, hey, I happened oh, to find uh, my dog found this. My dog. <laughs> what's your dog's name? Uh, pickles. pickles? <laughs> never existed the entire time <laughs> oh man uh but he had a pretty rock solid al- alibi was unable to see what it to find out what the alibi was but it was it just the the news sources said he had a rock solid alibi. rock solid alibi yeah just know that <laughs> just know that he was clean all right and pickles was pure and not tainted in any way we love pickles i used the t word i apologize <laughs> 
I'm, you're good. That's good? It okay. worked. So, naturally, when you have a good boy like Pickles find something as iconic as the World Cup trophy, you're, you skyrocket into stardom. Yes. You know, like... He was on TV shows. Yes. He appeared on... He was in a movie. Yes, Pickles. There was a movie, like a fictional movie made about him. We like, stan. <laughs> we stan Pickles. Pickles, so, so good. Uh, he was actually... He was awarded the silver medal of National Canine Defense League. <laughs> of, the, of the National Canine Defense League. I like that because it suggested that there was already a National Canine Defense League in England at the time. Yeah. Which makes me very happy. It's basically like a, like a Humane Society type. Right. Type organization. Yeah. No, and that, they, that gave him, they gave him the silver medal. Way to go, Pickles. So, I mean, all good boys deserve a medal, but Pickles... Why didn't, why didn't they give him the gold medal, though? I, I, was I, there a gold medal? There might be? I don't know. Hmm. Probably too expensive, honestly. <laughs> we need to investigate this so, canine defense league. So, Short-changing pickles like that. Yeah, seriously. David Corbett was awarded 5,000 pounds. He didn't do anything! For pickles finding the trophy. Pickles yeah. did the work! I know. Ugh. Typical white people. The money was used to buy a new home, which is, like, great. Good for them. You got pickles... Pickles good, better got like a, got a double-decker doghouse. Yeah, yeah I, hope, I hope that he did, too. Um, England went on to win the 1966 World Cup. Their only it World Cup victory. Home. Their only World Cup victory. It was only home for a few years. It remained home at that point in time. Yes. Uh, Pickles actually was invited and got to celebrate with the team after they won the World Cup, which is really, really cool. Uh, like, I just... I don't know. Chokes me up just thinking about it. We just love pickles so much. We just love pickles so much. (laughs) Tragically. No. I know. You start with that word. I thought a lot about if I wanted to share this last bit, and I just feel like in order to celebrate Pickles to the fullest, we have to tell his full story. Okay. So tragically, Pickles passed away in 1967, a year later. A year later? Yeah. What? Strangled by his own collar. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pickles, no! That got caught on a branch while chasing a cat. He was just trying to be a good boy. Just chasing a cat. Oh, no! He died because he was just a dog being a dog! The, the really sad thing about it is that he probably wouldn't have strangled himself to death if he wasn't moved to the new home. Because it was in the new home. So it was like, <sighs> man, it's terrible. It Son is. of a... <laughs> Come on. It's a terrible way for such a good boy to go. We should have gotten knighted. May Sir you live pickles. on forever in our memories, Pickles. R.I.P. in peace. You will forever be in my heart. You'll be and hopefully, in my heart. And hopefully, through this podcast, your memory does live forever. Your memory lives on. His As- memory... Sir Pickles. As Sir Pickles. We knighted you. We knighted <laughs> On behalf of Deadball Brothers Podcast, I am literally waving my hand on, on other, either side, on of, either the side of the microphone to knight you. Sir Pickles. Sir Pickles. His collar is on display in the National Football Museum in Manchester, which oh. is like great that he's being honored. Okay, but it's a murder weapon. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come on, man. <laughs> So, 
that is like that's the story of pickles. The Jules Rimet theft the of Jules 19, 1966 because there's another theft. Okay. Which I'm not going to get into. It's just more than just like a footnote. Kinda. A footnote that it Foot- was also stolen again. That it was also stolen again. Because uh, in 1970, Brazil became the last country to have the Jules Rimet trophy. Not because it was stolen, but because somewhere written in the rule books when the World Cup was originally created, right. was if you won the World Cup three times, you got to keep the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Winners, keepers, losers. What? What? Yeah, and so they had to make a new trophy, which is the current FIFA World Cup trophy that's like 14 karat gold or whatever. I'm assuming it's not still in the rules. That Yeah, it's not. That it's, you get to keep it if you win it three times. Yes, because I think uh, Germany, Germany has won three. Yeah. They have won three times since the new tr- trophy has come into play. Right. But Brazil had the trophy from 1970 to 1983. When the trophy was stolen once, once more, a, once more, which is kind of funny because the Brazilians were the Brazilians saying it was were sacrilegious. Like, it's sacrilegious for the English to lose the trophy. Of course, it was Brazil and England that were first of all kind of like having a tiff over it, and then second of all, also both got the trophy stolen. Probably the two most pretentious soccer countries that there are. Yeah, yeah. I say this confidently as a child of a Brazilian. <laughs> be pretty confident i can be confident in that statement well so 1983 was when the trophy was stolen and it has not been seen since and so there was a replica that was made but the the original jules remay is still out there floating around nobody knows where it is for all we know it could be at the bottom of the atlantic you know just a little hunk of junk silver piece with a stone It really bottom. is kind of a hunk of junk. It definitely sinks. It's a stone bottom. <laughs> it definitely sinks. Oh, man. But, yeah, that's that's the story of the 1966 theft of the Jules Rimet trophy. And our favorite good boy. Sir Pickles. Sir Pickles. Oh, man. Mm. I, I want Sir Pickles and all good things for Sir Pickles. Yes. He will get all good things, and it will be totally fine. Yes. he He's in heaven. He's in doggy heaven right now. All dogs go to heaven. Except for Scooby-Doo. Except for Scooby-Doo. Because he smokes, smokes weed. weed. <laughs> As we all know, marijuana users don't get into heaven. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's all I have. That's it. The jewels are made theft. Yeah. And Pickles. And, and Sir Pickles. Wow. And Sir Pickles. Yeah. I can't believe he strangled himself chasing a cat a tragic death he must have really been going yeah i was honestly <laughs> thinking the same thing like all right pickles ease up like, yeah. <laughs> like slow down stop pickles. chasing the cat did he like jump off a cliff i don't know he didn't jump off it just like caught on a branch and choked him out i guess i don't know oh, that's so sad ko <laughs> but like death ko yeah yeah mm-hmm. it, it is really sad uh, it is really sad <laughs> So anyways, uh, we should uh, we should wrap up this podcast. We should wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, you can find all of our social media stuff on at DeadballPod pretty much everywhere. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, which is probably the thing that's most regularly updated. Uh, Facebook, we're also there. 
Like we said on our last podcast, we just made an email, deadballpod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, want to correct us on any factual... Um, Please tell us when we're wrong. Yeah, just tell us when we're wrong. If you have a story that you'd like us to look into and maybe cover, uh, shoot it our way. That'd yeah, be, that'd absolutely. Be awesome. um, and also, if you would like to follow us, uh, like our personal uh, like social media accounts... Um, I am at Snaves on Twitter, at S-N-A-V-E-S, and you can also find a lot of my writing right now at theathletic.com. And you can't find any of my writing anywhere because I'm not writing for anybody anywhere. But if you want to follow me, you want to join in on the Manchester United vitriol, then follow me at Drew, D-R-E-W underscore Snavely. It's a healthy amount of self-loathing. It's a healthy amount, yeah. It's, like just, little... it's just the right amount. Like a healthy dose. Like a sprinkle, like that salt sprinkling chef. Like that salt bay. <laughs> salt bay. <laughs> um, as always, thank you guys for, for listening to us. I said earlier, we are nothing without you. And, I mean, I'd like to think that we're not we're not nothing without you guys. Yeah, but we retain you guys intrinsic the... value as human beings without you. But we appreciate you a lot. And we love you deeply. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, as always, my name is Adam Whitaker Snavely, and I am Drew Snavely, and we will see you guys in one week with more dead ball stuff. But until that time, peace. See you.